In a world filled with movies, it can be hard to choose just one to watch. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I'm not deciding this. What do you want to watch? I asked first. Come on. What do you want to watch? No. What do you want to watch? What do you want to watch, Patrick? What do you We're even watch? narrowing down a you genre can be a struggle. How about we watch a drama? Too many emotions. Okay, then how about we watch an action film? Too many explosions. I know, I know. Let's watch a horror movie. Oh, uh, Dad, welcome everybody to the Diecast Movie Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Diecast Movie Podcast um, for our next review episode. This one is a die roll that Dad had for sci-fi. And what movie did you pick, Dad? Well, I got lucky because I was able to pick a movie that currently is out in the theaters and on HBO Max, Wonder Woman 1984. And before we continue with the episode, we do want to give everybody a spoiler warning. We've kind of talked amongst ourselves before we started reviewing and said that we don't think we can properly review the movie without at least giving some kind of spoiler of some sort away. So you have been forewarned. If you have not seen the movie and don't want spoilers, please pause the podcast and then come back to it once you've seen the movie. If you don't care about spoilers or if you've already seen the movie, then please sit back and enjoy our podcast. Righto. So are you going to give us the summary of the movie, Dad? Okay. I didn't know if Ben wanted to say anything, but... I am adequately satisfied to not say anything at this point in time. Thank you, Ben. Okay, so Wonder Woman 1984 starts off with a, um, a, a lengthy scene set in the past when Wonder Woman is a child on Themyscira going through, which looks like um, some kind of games, like an Olympic game type thing going on, but much, much more um, like American ninja style. And... And it sets up a scene. Basically, the moral of that scene is um, not to cut corners, you know, not to cheat or whatever. Just because you ended up finishing first doesn't mean you did it. Unless you did it the right way, doesn't mean it's proper and that kind of stuff. Which kind of holds at the theme for the movie. Then it moves into, I was going to say present day, but obviously 1984. And we see um, Wonder Woman go through um, a bunch of things, heroic deeds you know, going through helping people out, various poses, and ending with a big mall scene. And in the mall scene, it is discovered that there's a jewelry store robbery, but the guys didn't want to get the jewelry. They went to get the ancient artifacts, which are behind the back area of the jewelry store. And um, so they pick up those things. Wonder Woman stops them. And the FBI ends up getting the artifacts and sends them to the Smithsonian to get evaluated, um, which then leads to... Dr. Minerva, um, who's played by um, Kristen Wiig, um, she gets involved in it. And, of course, Gail Gadot plays Wonder Woman. I haven't said it, but obviously most people know that going in. And um, they look at different things, and they find this one stone that looks very unimpressive, and it ends up being a um, wishing stone. Or for better terms, it might be called something else, but we'll just call it a wishing stone. Diana must wish for something to herself. Which is um, which leads Steve Trevor to come back into the movie, played again by Chris Pine, and um, that is the catalyst for the movie. So basically, from that point on, 
um, Barbara Minerva, Dr. Minerva, um, wishes on it to become like Diana Prince and not knowing that she's also Wonder Woman. So she starts to get powers, but the stone takes from people um, something that they value very importantly. And for Barbara Minerva, it's her humanity because she always showed as early in the scenes a different caring about different people and that kind of stuff. And for Wonder Woman, it's that her powers are starting to disappear. And uh, this leads us to Maxwell Lord, played by Pedro Pascal. And um, he is the one that eventually wanted to buy the Wishing Stone because he is a con man and he wants all of his stuff to come true. So he eventually gets the Wishing Stone, wishes that he is the, has the powers of the Wishing Stone and um, takes a toll on him and that he always values his health, and every time he grants somebody a wish, it physically makes him sick and gets um, other problems with his appearance and that kind of stuff. And uh, eventually, a lot of other things happen in the movie with Wonder Woman and um, Steve Trevor, um, their relationship. They go on some comedic things as she tries to acclimate him to 1984. Uh, she realizes what the stone is, tries to get it back realizes it's gone then they realize they have to stop maxwell lord because he's granting all these people's wishes um some of them are very powerful which is causing the world to go into chaos and during that time they have a big fight scene in the white house and of course at this point dr minerva realizes that she has uh superpowers um similar to diana prince and she also figures out that diana is wonder woman and um, they have a big fight scene in that and of course, um, Wonder Woman being depowered or lowered powered, um, loses the fight. She teams up with Maxwell Lord. They go off, which leads to the big showdown at the end. And the movie ends. Okay. So um, we're going to play the trailer of the movie for you. So here's that. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. The time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. Citizens of the world! I'm here to change your life. Anything you want, anything you dream of, you can have it. You'll break your saw ghost. Diana, look at you. It's like now one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. You've always had everything, while people like me have had nothing. Well, now it's my turn. Get used to it. I've never been one for rules. The answer is always more. I fly. They will never find us. I forgot to tell you. What? Radar. Will they will they shoot at us? 
What did you do? You know, I'm not so keen on this one. I figure uh, you are, but you know what? I'm ready to go. I think we can do better. Parachute pants? Yeah. Um... Does, it, does everybody parachute now? Okay, thank you for playing us that thrilling trailer, Michaela. No problem, Ben. So, what were some things that either of you liked about the film? Just to kick it off, we'll go at Michaela specifically. It was all right. I guess the uh, the scene where Diana is helping Steve Trevor pick out an outfit that won't make him stand out in the eighties is kind of funny. So, you enjoyed some of the more comedic scenes in the film? Yeah. Such enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dad? What were some things that you liked about the Wonder Woman 1984? Well, I liked, like Michaela said, um, the fish-out-of-water type scenes, which um, goes back to some other movies that I like, like Star Trek Four and things like that, where you have people coming to a different time, and they're experiencing things, and they're like, um, what is going on here? Uh, when he, you know, she's taking him around the town to, to, to show him the modern art, and also to the, the space center, so he can see these different things, the escalator, uh, the trash can scene, which is in one of the trailers, you know, that kind of stuff. It's all there in the movie, and um, and he's learning all these different things, and, and it's just taking it all in. Um, and I really liked how Chris Pine portrayed Steve Trevor. I mean, to, to me, he was one of the best acting performances in the movie, and I think he really um, sold it very well. You know, as he did in the first movie. So it's, I really enjoyed his portrayal. I have to say, probably the part of this movie that I enjoyed the most was the relationship between Maxwell Lord and his son Alistair and how that developed throughout the film. I thought it really humanized Maxwell Lord as a character because throughout the film, he's seen as more of this con man, in it for the money, wants to be the greatest thing since sliced bread kind of guy but in the moments where he spends time with his son it, you really find out he's much more about trying to make his son proud of him and you find out pretty early on that he must split weekends when he has a son and when his I'm assuming ex-wife has his son so he's had some strained relationships and the scenes that you get with him and his son really develop him as a character and show you his motivations for why he's really trying so hard to succeed you got that from this movie yes everybody gets something different from that is true i dad. was i didn't really get his real love of his son until the end of the movie because early on it's in, it's like oh it's my weekend again didn't i just have him and he would just tell his son tell his son oh i'm gonna make you really proud i'm gonna get you something you know and really didn't want to spend the time with him because he was trying to pull off his scheme until the end of the movie when he realized his truth was his son, Alistair. And that was a scene with his son. That's true, but I, I didn't really see it developed as nicely as like as you did. I mean, it was way more developed than the relationships between any other characters in this film. Um, <laughs> I think the relationship between Steve Trevor and Diana Prince was, or Wonder Woman. They didn't develop that during this film. They went off of what they had from the last film. But they continued on, a natural progression. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else you liked, Dad? Oh, 
You don't like anything else, Michaela? <laughs> it is your turn. It is your turn, Michaela, and you suddenly just were like, oh, let me pass it to Dad. Yeah. All right, for listeners wondering, we saw this on HBO Max. I saw it separately than the two of them. I saw it on my iPad. I think they saw it on a, on TV. Yes. And um, other things that I enjoyed about the movie, I did enjoy the scenes with the Amazons early on, but the thing is it didn't really fit with this movie. I enjoyed the world building they're attempting to do but i think it was should have been done with a different character and it should have been done with a different scene to set up the movie a, a different way and i'm trying not to spoil the end thing but there was a there was a character that was shown near the end that that person that character would have been in the beginning showing what they did in more detail yes it would have spoiled an end stinger but it would have made for a more cohesive and better movie, in my opinion. You know, and I think that would have developed a better. And they could have shown Wonder Woman as a child later in the film in a smaller, like a couple of minute clip where she goes, thinks back. And that what shows her the lesson that she learned then, how she's going to apply it now when she has to make that, um, ep- that decision with Steve Trevor and um, about what they're going to do. I think that would have fit in better with the movie and and set things up a little nice. Yeah, along those lines, I would say the beginning scene was enjoyable to an extent. It it doesn't really serve the purpose that it was meant to in the film because it's there to establish character for Diana Prince and establish that she does things a certain way because of how she was raised. And really it shows her more as a kid who wanted to cut corners and cried afterwards and was consoled by her mom. So it, it's not really like, it doesn't really give you that character point of her. It kind of just shows a moment from her childhood. And it's never, if they had expanded on that scene and done like another flashback later on, it might have worked better. But just having the one in the beginning of the film, and it wasn't even that strong of a developmental moment, I I, I found it a relatively useless, like, oh, what was it, like 10 minutes in the beginning of the film? I don't know. What about you, Mikhail? I like the end credits. <laughs> oh, I love the end credits scene. That I'm just saying great. is that was probably yeah. one of my favorite parts of the movie. That that was that was that was a high point in the movie. But I'm just saying to make the end credit. Yes, what I'm talking about would spoil the end credit scene. But then you would have, to me, a, a better movie, so to speak. Well, but, you could you could include stuff without ruining the end credit scene. That's true because because of the helmet yeah. and everything. Like earlier on, if they had told, if it was her learning about that story on the island, being raised by her mother and all, it would have worked better than her competing in like some sort of games thing to become a champion. It it would have been a better way to set up the development of her character in the film, as well as the end credit scene, because then there's a scene in the middle which is a flashback that she shows uh, Steve Trevor that really wasn't necessary. <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's an island type scene in the middle of the film. Like there's nothing setting it up beforehand really. And there's, it, it's really there just so that it explains why Diana uses a certain item and to set up an end credit scene much later in the film. Yeah. And I'm saying is that I think you and I are green and that if it would have been thrown earlier on, and maybe be a five-minute segment beginning. You would have had that action kick in the beginning. You would have saw the person doing the, the, the sacrifice that they had to do. And as Mikhail said, it could easily have been filmed in a way not to give away the end stinger. And um, 
I think it would have just made for better. And then having that long, long Amazonian Olympic thing, it could have been cut to just a couple minutes, and then that could have been used later in the movie for her to reel back in, in like a flashback thing to realize, oh, I've learned this lesson before. Who knows how long ago because of the way Amazonians age. I mean, that could have been hundreds of years ago for all we know. And um, and that way she could have, you know, reflected back and realized that. And then that would have paid off at that part when it needed to be. Yeah, it was also just that whole beginning scene. I, I don't know about either of you. It did not work for me. The Some of the effects were okay, but some of the stuff was also like, when when she runs, it, it looks very <laughs> bad how they did the effects of the very fast running, th- really throughout the movie, in my opinion. I, I don't know if you two are in agreement about that. Well, I know when, when Wonder Woman was running later in the movie, that was a poorly done special effect. You know, watching her run, it, it didn't look good. It I mean, was painful. Yeah. There, there's a lot of effects in the film that are done very well. It's just not one of them. And it's one that they used several times, so it's noticeable. It was just something that probably should have never been done. And being that this movie was delayed for, what, at least half a year, maybe longer, they had time to work on correcting this CGI. They could have fixed and made it better. I mean, it's it's when you, it's one of the... I can understand if it was they ran out of time and that's what they had to do. Suddenly you're giving uh, at least a half a year extra time. And yes, I know with the coronavirus and the COVID-19 going on, that kind of stuff, but they're, but they're rendering. They, they can do that, I think, very isolated because it's all using computers and they could have been doing it from home or, or they could, you know, gone to work and been separate rooms. I mean, there's a lot of ways this could have still have been done. So I don't give it that pass. I, mean, I can understand not reshooting scenes. But I don't think, I think anytime you're doing something where it's computer effects, they could have still worked on them and, and improved them, especially uh, the cheetah effects at the end of the movie were poor. <laughs> she kind of fit in with the newer version of Cat. Oh my gosh. And that's, that is true. That's what it looked like. <laughs> and that's never a good comparison to put yourself in. If, if you're comparing yourself to the musical Cats with the very bad CGI, then you've pretty much hit the bottom <laughs> also the physical transformation didn't make any sense like the wishes that she's getting granted are to gain powers and abilities not necessarily to literally turn into a cheetah half human being that was in my opinion unnecessary completely well it's it's the the, the wishing snow is supposed to be like the cat's paw which even steve trevor's character points out where be careful you what you wish paw. the monkey's paw monkey's paw well, cat's paws are very bad, too. I've been scratched so many times. So, but, yeah, monkey paw. Yeah. But, yes, I mean, so so I think she got her wish, but it was just a different. And it was interesting because she seems to be able to control when she can turn into the cheetah form and go back at a cheetah form. How did you get that? No. Because she wasn't in cheetah form. And then Wonder Woman shows up. Suddenly she was like, because she was down there with Maxwell Lord and the one area she walks up now she's cheetah and later on she's no longer cheetah and she never re she never said those words well you want to know well i'm assuming it was implied so the director left it open-ended yeah well not really so she didn't turn into because her first wish the only wish she could actually make on the stone 
was to be more like Diana. And then later when she and Max were in the helicopter or whatnot and he was asking her like, what else would you wish for? Is when she talked about being like an apex predator and like number one and stuff like that. And then when Max was granting other people's wishes, he was like, and I give, and he was like, I give, like giving Barbara like this guy's rage and this guy's like whatever. And then it was, like, after she got those things that she transformed into, like, the half-cheetah, half-human thing. And then later when, you know, Max gave all of that back and, like, everybody else gave all of it back is when she de-transformed. So while she didn't give back her wish of being like Diana, the things that made her transform into that cheetah person thing run away. And that's part of what threw me off because she wasn't making wishes. She made a single wish. After that, she was getting Max. Every time that Max um, grants a wish, he can take something from the person who wishes. So he was taking, at this point, he's pretty bad off health-wise. He's taking people's health and life force and longevity. But he had also promised her that he would take people's, I think he says anger and prowess and that kind of thing, and he gives it to her which I don't even know how that would work to begin with. But for some reason, that transforms her into a half cheetah, half person, which didn't make sense to me because he didn't say, I take your form as a half cheetah and give that to this random lady that I've known for like three days. Okay, now, in the plane. In the helicopter. 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 It was a helicopter. Whatever. Whatever they were in, the helicopter. He said to her, I feel generous. You can have a second wish. So, because he said, I'm feeling generous. And that's when she wishes to be an apex predator, different than anything that anybody's ever seen before. I don't remember hearing. In that scene, she wasn't touching him. And part of the thing is that you have to touch the person, him to make the wish. Also, you didn't see the magical. Also, also, you have to remember, they were loose with all these little rules. And they weren't really holding true to everything. Because some people were, once they did one wish, he went to him to ask him to wish for something. Oh, you already did your wish. You can't have another. And suddenly she can get another. So well, there was. That's there was, what we're saying. I'm yeah. just saying is, there's things that were playing. But I never heard him say, oh, this rage goes to you. That yeah, was, he, he mumbled it. <sighs> you remember when they were doing the scene, he, was, he had the camera pointing at him. And he was talking. He turns around at one point and he kind of lowers his head and he kind of mumbles to himself. And that's what he was saying. He was saying, like, I'll take your health and I'll take your, your life, force. life force. Yeah, I heard that part, but like, I never heard his rage. And then he said, and I'll give her. And then it cuts to her after like, he talks I'll about stuff. I'll give her your rage and your prowess. And then is and, when she, yeah. like, kind of like gets hit. By the weird magic-y stuff. And walks out. And then walks out. Room. And then later we see her as a cheetah person. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, you can rewatch it. It was not explained. Well, why shouldn't have to rewatch a movie (laughs) to understand the movie? I mean, this this movie was poorly done in some areas with explaining things. Some things that over-explained and spoon-fed you. And other things it was very um, blink and you miss it. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's kind of what we've... Actually, I would say it was a little bit better than some DC movies that have come out recently, but it's definitely not the greatest movie that's come out <laughs> in uh, the past couple of years. Now, I did enjoy the action scene in Egypt, you know, where um, it reminded me of like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, where she's battling 
the um, armored vehicles and that kind of stuff going over under whatever and as her powers are are getting lowered you know she's trying to make do with what she can and and get and get the job done she's taking damage and so on um which is unlike what you know what she happened before she wasn't healing like she would normally do and um i really enjoyed that action scene you know and also incorporated steve trevor in a helpful role where a lot of times when you get the um a human sidekick to a superpowered person they're they're kind of limited into what they can do usually they're already um the the guy in the 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 chair you know operating from a distance telling them what to do and in this case he actually had was utilized i think well so i think that action scene was done nice i enjoyed it i will also say it was nice that they powered her down because i think that was a thing a lot of people complained about after the first wonder woman movie was that she was so powerful this gave you a much less powerful Wonder Woman for a large part of the film, and or at least villains that were of equal power to her, close. So it was a more even fight. Yeah, it, it it's not Superman stomping on some random bank robbers. It's more closer to Spider Man versus the Vulture. Speaking of Superman, this this definitely made me think of two Superman movie, Superman Two where he gives up his powers to be with his love. Now, this didn't happen where Diana did that on purpose. It was an accidental thing, but but knowing that she was losing her powers and she'd have to give up her wish, which was Steve Trevor, she did not want to do that. So in a sense, in that point, she was, but she didn't do that up front, unlike in Superman 2, but it was very reminiscent of Superman 2. And this whole movie, at some points, was reminiscent of Superman 3, where there was, in the beginning, where it was kind of the heroic things. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a throwback where it was almost a little more campier in that point. Thankfully, it got out of that territory and, and, and went back into being a more of a modern-type action film. But this was different than most superhero movies, and this could be where I think, I think we've all seen reviews where people have either loved it or hated it, and um, I think because it's different than the normal way things are going, where there's more exposition, uh, more talky points, it is a two and a half hour movie, and there's and there's less in the action of a typical superhero film that some people are put off by that because they're just looking for special effects, bam, 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 let's move to the next scene and let's have the big fight at the end. It, um, and this one turns that around a little bit and 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 twist the ending um and i can enjoy that it doesn't bother me i mean i felt the movie was at two and a half could have been still trimmed as we were saying in the beginning with that one scene and some other scenes it probably could have been trimmed 15 minutes and would have been nice and tight but i was not thrown off or put off by the um less amount of action that in this film as compared to some of the other films that have been out but what do you guys think um i actually a lot of the scenes where there was more action is where I felt the CGI lacked or the effects lacked. It's not like every effect is terrible, but there are just specific ones where it'll like, it were, for instance, it'll isolate Wonder Woman and she'll be moving in what seems to be slow motion and the background will just move super fast. And that, that just didn't look good to me. And there are other times with the uh, when she is flying, and it just keeps going back to her flying again and again and again. Seemingly no reason. It's just a, a very long transition scene to me. Michaela? What was the question again? The, the action scenes. 
um, the where was there just the right amount? Was it less than a normal superhero movie? More than a moral, more than a superhero movie? Did that bother you or whatever? If it was less than? No, I thought the action, like the amount of action that there was in the movie, was kind of like right for the storyline that they had. Um, and that I don't think there needed to be more included in it. Um, because it was kind of like every time she had like a conflict or something came up there was action but there wasn't like a needless amount of it um going on and she would like try to solve things without going straight to fisticuffs yeah yeah so you agree with me that um it's 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 a different type of superhero movie compared to other ones but the action was appropriate for what the movie was trying to do so it didn't bother you yeah i will also say this this film was really ambitious and it incorporated two uh, Wonder Woman villains with Maxwell Lord and uh, the Cheetah. And I, I really didn't see the need for Maxwell Lord as far as a plot goes because they could have just had the Cheetah keep the stone and devolve in the sense of being a good person more into being uh, greedier and mean, generally meaner and that kind of thing and turn more into the Cheetah from Dr... Oh my gosh, I forgot her last name. Minerva. Minerva. Um, and that would have probably ended up being a better film because then it would have been uh, Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor just going and doing their thing and looking up what the stone does and looking into it instead of having to do these scenes where they go to Cairo and travel and do all this other kind of thing. It could have stayed more small and I think that's where this movie kind of went wrong. It went a little bit too big, in my opinion. Well, I, I've, and I think that happened with the first Wonder Woman movie where the first two acts were really strong. And the last act, suddenly you have Ares and an all-CGI big battle scene. Also, you've had um, lots of movies, lots of superhero movies and other movies where suddenly it became a worldwide problem and it just just for the sake of well all the other movies do this we gotta have this huge ending which this one was interesting and yes it did have a world crisis ending and a world ending or, or not world ending maybe but planet-wide extinction of humanity and, and, and instead and, and, and but but it was resolved differently than um most of the movies and and that kind of thing and i think i think that's where people might be you know um put off like i said with you know they're going with one set of expectations and they're getting something that might be different and that could go in when you have pre you know when you have expectations going in i only went in expecting from what i saw with the first wonder woman because same act main actors same director and so on so in that case when i went into this one i was going in expecting something um continuing along on that story because you have the same creative force um, and so that's, so it's, you know, but I, I think when I've read, um, Patty Jenkins, the director did not want to have that big fight scene at the end of the first Wonder Woman. It was forced upon her by, um, the powers that be. And so this one was more the way she would have, would have done stuff. And it makes me wonder how would the first Wonder Woman movie have ended if, what would have, what would have originally, what was originally her ending? I'm, I'm curious now, you know, to find that out. Yeah, I I came into this movie with very low expectations because I've seen the animated DC films where they do the Wonder Woman origin story and that kind of thing. And I knew that there was that scene in the beginning where it was like showing her as a child. 
And I was kind of put off by that because I figured it would just be the same thing as all the other Wonder Woman origin stories where it shows her win this competition and one of the people at the competition turns out to be bad and gets jealous that's older and comes back and becomes the main villain. But I was, I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't go that route. So I enjoyed the movie more than I would have, but I, I yeah. Yeah. Mikhail, what did you want to say? Was there anything else we wanted to talk about or did we wanted to move on to whether or not we recommend the movie or? Well, one thing I wanted to say when Ben talked about the two villains, I've always liked movies better where it's been one main villain, you know, as, as the, as the, now you can have somebody start the movie, you know, as a villain and then like, you know, and it gets resolved, you know, and then that, and then you go into the main villain part. I can understand that. Um, you can do some setup for a, a next movie. I'm fine with that. But when, when in this one, the whole course of the movie, like you said, it could, it should have been one or the other. And if it would have been the cheetah, well, being that she was, had a background in all these artifacts, she could have found that she could have tried it out on herself um, and found out that it gave her these powers, you know, it could have been um, a, a cheetah God or something like that from some other religion or some, you know, something that turned her into that. And they could have had, you know, a fight then, or it could have been Maxwell Lord by himself, but they changed that character a lot. He's a lot different than it was in the comic book. Yeah, because in the comics, he has some sort of telepathic power and persuades people, from what I understand. I think, yeah, if I remember right, it's just, it's a, it's a lot different. And it, and um, I like Pedro Pascal as an actor. I really enjoy him in The Mandalorian and some other things I've seen. But in this one, I felt, and this, he, he took, his acting was a little over the top. You know, it was, it was just a little bit too much. And um, which, which is, you know, might've been the way he was told to play it. I don't know, you know, cause obviously in the end, the director might, he might've said, I'll try it this way. And the director might've said, no, I want you to do this. It's hard for me to say, so I don't want to, you know, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying that that choice, whether made by him or the director or both, um, didn't fit for what I thought it should be. But, but then again, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what her vision was. I don't know. I think it kind of came off all right. Cause he came off as a, like a sleazy car salesman i think he kind of came off exactly how he was supposed to in my opinion i thought that he did a very good job but um back to what you're saying i i really do think that it should have just been one or the other and they should have just set it up so that the other one was there for the next film because the the stuff with maxwell lord in the beginning they have him in commercials for his company which is really just a ponzi scheme and they have it all set up for him to either be the villain in this one or to be the villain in the next one. And they could have had it where he is the main villain in this movie and left Barbara Minerva as kind of a sidekick for Wonder Woman until the next film, when you when stuff happens even more and she develops into the cheetah. They could have saved her for that film instead of using her in this one. but Or he could have been the one that got her a hold of that artifact to see what it would have done, you know, like I said, if the artifact would have been different in a wishing stone and, um, which turned her into the cheetah. And then, so he was being set up as the, um, behind the scenes kind of guy, which would, like you said, lead to the next movie. There, there's, there's a lot of ways it could have been. I felt uh, it, it was, it's an interesting film. I mean, there's, there's things, obviously from what I've said, there's a lot of things that, that, that we didn't care for as much, but it'll be interesting to see what people, what do you guys recommend in that? We'll start with Michaela. Um, I don't know. I guess I would recommend the movie. Not really for, like, repeat watching, but, um, 
if you like if you like Wonder Woman as a character and you like having watched like the Wonder Woman TV show and like reading Wonder Woman comics and things like that, I'd say you'd probably like because it's about Wonder Woman. But um, if you're not really like a big Wonder Woman fan or like a fan of like DC I don't know, comics, yeah, like DC comics and stuff, then you probably won't like it. So I don't know. I'd say it's not a movie for everybody. But it is a movie for somebody. Sure, sure, Ben. It's an okay movie, in my opinion, Dad. All right. So it's an interesting film, as Michaela said, and it's it's an interesting one to try to um, rate. I a lot of times I like to watch a movie. I like to let it seep in for a little bit, you know, to make to make a decision. It's not as called as much in the heat of the moment. When, when you're like evaluating, because sometimes you might be a little too harsh on something or a little too nice on something when you're first reviewing a movie. I'm um, having said that, I think part of it, all three of us are seeing this on a smaller screen than it was intended to be originally viewed. And if we wouldn't have been in a pandemic situation, we would have saw this movie in the theaters. And um, maybe that would have helped a lot with the special effects that it would have been on the bigger screen. And maybe that would have, um, the rendering would have been better, that it would have been done on the movie thing instead of going through the streaming process that we were watching it through. Also, other superhero movies that I have seen in theaters are like X-Men Apocalypse, Suicide Squad, you know, Spider-Man 3, all these different ones that um, I would consider lower than Wonder Woman 1984, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, well, so if Wonder Woman 1984, I would say, like Mikhail, I would give it a weak recommend um, to almost a recommend because of the end or the mid-credit stinger, because I really enjoyed that mid-credit stinger. That was the best part of the movie. Yes, it was, and you always want to end on a high note. And when you end a movie on a high note, it's so much better. But I also agree with Michaela. This is not one that I'm going to seek out to buy and own. You know, I mean, unless it was something like, like down the road, like if it was on a bargain thing or whatever. Because I think, uh, you know, this is one of those movies that once you've seen it, you don't think you really have to see it over and over again. Um, Maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe some years down the road I might watch it again. But I definitely think if you enjoy the DC Universe, especially if you enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie, then you should see this movie. And how about Ooh. you, Ben? Do you recommend this movie? I do. I would recommend it. Um, I'd say that it's better than a lot of more recent D, uh, DC movies. I wouldn't say that it's better than Suicide Squad Uh yeah, there's more wrong with this movie than what was wrong with Suicide Squad. I, I think you're kind of off on that one, dude. But yeah, it. when I watched it, I enjoyed it, and I didn't think too much bad about it besides when I saw some of the special effects that were lacking. Uh, that, that was the main thing that hit me when I first saw it, and now that I'm thinking back on it, it's not as good as I thought it was right after I watched it. So it does leave you with a positive feeling. Um, Mikhail and dad have been talking a lot by the end credit stinger, how it's so good. I didn't really get that much out of it. Um, it's an okay end credit stinger. It's nothing world shattering. It's, it's there. Um, yeah, this, it's not, this movie wasn't as good as it could have been. And it really, it really could have been very well done and very good, even with the same plot that they have. But some of the choices just kept it from getting there whether it was the higher ups or directorial choices it just didn't end up coming together as good as it could have and yeah again i would recommend it uh it's it's, it's a little bit of a step back from the first wonder woman movie 
Well, I agree with you on that. It, uh, the Wonder Woman, the first movie, is um, much be- much superior to this one. This one, it, I think, like a lot of, there's been a lot of different movies where the first one is really strong, and a lot of them where the second one is weaker. They already, um, Warner Brothers already said that they've given the green light for the third Wonder Woman movie, and I'm hoping that lessons learned, they can revamp it and um, and 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 make it back to the the first one or even better than the first one, and end on that nice strong note of the trilogy yeah there's definitely room to improve from this one and even from the first one uh i'd say if it wasn't wonder woman this this probably would have ended this series of the wonder woman movies but okay so thank you everybody for joining us for this episode of the Diecast movie podcast um because this was a die roll we are gonna roll the die and see who gets to pick the next movie um so here we come in just a moment with that. Okay, here we go. So we have Michaela and Which die number? one. That is independent. So you will need to select an independent movie for us to review next. Again, that is Michaela die one. Independent. I don't know if I know any independent movies. You know several independent movies. You just don't know that they're independent You'll think of one within the next five minutes, probably. But we won't wait for that in the recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again. This was another episode from the Diecast Movie Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode with us, and stick around to see which movie we'll pick next. Hi, this is Ansel Farage, and I'd like to invite you to check out my film, Loon Lake, a folk horror thriller based on the Minnesota ghost story of Mary Jane, the Witch of Loon Lake. Streaming now on Tubi TV and Amazon Prime. Starring David Selby and Catherine Lee Scott of Dark Shadows, Nathan Wilson and Kelly Kitko, and directed by myself. It's also available on special edition Blu-ray and DVD, which you can order from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Best Buy, and Oldies.com, where you can also check out several other of my releases on DVD, such as The Nighttime Winds, Theater Fantastique, The Dr. Mabuza Collection, and The Last Case of August T. Harris. I hope you check out my film, Loon Lake, and I hope you enjoy it. You believe this is a test? I must believe it. There's no witch. She's just some poor girl. I will come for you in three days' time. Fear does crazy things. Check it all out at HollandsworthProductions.com. H-O-L-L-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-Productions.com and enjoy Loon Lake.